Thank you for checking out the Mercy Hill Church Sermon Podcast. If you would like to know more about Mercy Hill, you can visit us on the web at mercyhill.cc. Well, well, good morning. We're, uh, we're, we're not proceeding with the sermon I had planned for Matthew 5, 38 through 42. Yeah, we'll, we'll get back to that in a couple of weeks. Uh, there, there's some things happening here in the family that are just really worth us continuing to dig into. And I think we're going to see some of the things that the Lord's speaking, yeah, really becoming visible for us. The, as Phil was sharing about today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. I feel like one of the things God is wanting to plow up again is where the ground of our hearts has gotten uh, kind of hard. The cynicism that happens in us when we feel like, well, yeah, I, I trusted God for that. And that look how that worked out. And, and I served God in this way and it, it just didn't work. And when God speaks with his freshness, it's an opportunity for us to say, well, yes, Lord, I'm going to put my hope in you again and in a fresh way. And, and the Lord just was stirring my heart as we were worshiping and singing about what a difference a year makes and what the Lord can do when we believe him. Uh, take a quick look with me in Matthew chapter 18, if you would. In Matthew 18, uh, a remarkable disruption happens when some visitors come to the tent where Abraham and Sarah are living. And when there's Abraham, it appears, you know, just at the beginning of the chapter, like he's just sitting there outside his house and it's kind of a normal day, whatever a normal day is like for Abraham. What's what did I say? Did I really? I apologize. That's why you're all smirking. Well, thank you. Um, no, Abraham was gone by the time Matthew came around. Uh, thanks for catching that. I appreciate it, Tony. Uh, it, it's good friends who not just smirk at you, but help you with your mistakes. All right, Ryan, I know who you are. And, and so in Genesis 18, thanks. Um, as far as Abraham is concerned, he doesn't expect it to be any kind of different day. As far as Sarah is concerned, she's not expecting it to be any kind of different day. But then they see these three men coming. And and so if somebody else has turned there and, and wants to read it, feel free. But uh, I'll be here in a second. Matthew 18, just right at the beginning of it, the, the, the scripture says, The Lord appeared to Abraham near the great trees of Mamre while he was sitting at the entrance to his tent in the heat of the day. Well, what do you imagine that's going to look like? If the verse says the Lord appeared to Abraham, right? You expect like heavens opening up, some big choir of angels maybe, or at least a lot of bright light, right? But what the text said actually happened was, verse 2, Abraham looked up and he saw three men standing nearby. And when he saw them, he hurried from the entrance of his tent to meet them and bowed low to the ground. And here's what happens. Abraham greets and welcomes these visitors and discovers in the process of doing so that he's welcoming the Lord himself. He wasn't expecting it. And it comes with disruption. And for the next several verses, Abraham, his servants, and his wife are all hurrying around. They're, they're busily trying to take care of the preparations of hospitality for these unexpected visitors. And then we get to verse, hey, thank you so much. Appreciate your help uh, on the screen. Um, we get to verse nine. 
And suddenly these visitors are setting the agenda. Suddenly they, it's the Lord speaking into Abraham's household. And, and the visitors ask, where is your wife, Sarah? And he says, just there in the tent. And then the Lord said, I, do you notice it suddenly changed? It was the visitors. It was the guests. Now suddenly it says, then the Lord said. And that's the point where we realize the Lord has appeared, personified. He's come in person uh, with a couple of others in this, embodied in these guests. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And your wife's and Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Now, Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. And they, they, they fill in what if you've been reading the story, we already know. Verse 11 says, Abraham and Sarah were already old and well advanced in years. And Sarah was past the age of childbearing. Verse 12 says, so Sarah laughed. So Sarah laughed and she, as she thought, after I'm worn out and my master is old, will I now have this pleasure? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No? So, so go ahead and ask your neighbor that question and see what they have to say. Because I think this question is, it's the challenge of faith that our hearts can get a bit hardened about. And because, you know, it may be easy the first time that we're latching hold of a promise from God or the first time that God stirs our hearts and we're challenged to go do something that the Lord said to us. But as Sarah puts it, after I'm worn out, Come on, is that really going to happen with me? And it's in these moments, it's a moment like today when you hear his voice that we've got to not not just laugh to ourselves, say, oh yeah, I've heard that before, but to be willing to hear like Joanna was telling us. No, God can do the things we never even thought he could. But look, he's disrupting it. This is not Abraham and Sarah coming off of two weeks of fasting and prayer together calling on the name of the Lord. This is the Lord visiting them in an interruption and a disruptive way. And when they're in the, in the process of welcoming some other things that they didn't expect, people that they weren't bargaining for, suddenly they discover the Lord is in their midst and he's coming and saying, today I'm coming back to my promise and you're going to see it in reality before you realize it. It's profound for us. Because as a church, a year ago, there were things that we were praying about that God's doing among us today. And sometimes it's personified in guests that we welcome and they visit among us for a time and we discover that the Lord has visited us while they're here. And and our friends, the Malikis, Junior and, and Marlene, it came to us unexpectedly. Um, but in the context of things we've been praying about, 
during the previous year. This time last year, Tony, the Welcome Network, many of us, we were praying because for a ministry like the Welcome Network that uh, is here to serve the needs of refugees and immigrants, the changes in the federal policies about refugees, it's like the faucet turning off, we're, we're asking, well, what are we here for? How does this function? How does the Welcome Network, how does Mercy Hill participate in something that we felt was close to God's heart when it seems like the doors are closing? What do we do? And and the Lord spoke two things. Uh, one led Tony into Lebanon last June because it's like the Lord said to Tony, if the refugees aren't here, go where the refugees are. <laughs> right? uh, and then the Lord spoke to Tony later in the fall uh, about... Congolese asylum-seeking families that were legally here in this country, but without options for care and being able to actually start a new life and a new future. And, and so Junior, Marlene, their daughter, uh, you remember, they, they just appeared among us uh, a couple months ago. Uh, Steve and Amy Hadley welcomed them into their home. As a church, we've said, we love you. We're glad you're here. And And this week... Junior and Marlene are taking the next steps in their journey, and they'll be moving to be closer part of a Congolese community near Buffalo, New York. And, and so just as we experience God in welcoming them, we also are experiencing God in sending them off this morning, praying for them and saying, you're going to go with blessing. You're not fleeing. God's leading you onward. Could I ask you two to come forward? Junior, would you guys, would you come up? One year ago, you were in a difficult place. You were moving, you were running. Today, what a difference a year makes. As you go on the next step of your journey this week, you're not running. God's taking you from blessing to blessing, from strength to strength from a place of welcome to another place where the Lord will meet you. Uh, and I'd like to ask us as a church, just as we welcome here, could we, let's just come up. If you've gotten to know these guys, if you've got a heart for them, Amy, come on, you too. Uh, let's come and pray because this is the privilege and the joy and the pain of loving like Jesus tells us to. Because when we open our hearts and our homes, we don't know how long People that we're loving are going to be actively, you know, in our place and in our time for doing that. Church, we are a foster family. It's who we are. We welcome in people who need love and a family and a taste of the love of God. And we don't know how long someone's going to be with us, but we're not going to let that cause us to hold back. We're not going to withhold the love of God that he's put in our hearts for others, even when it's emotionally costly. Uh, And so, uh, Mindy, pass that microphone up and let's pray a blessing over our friends as they go. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this couple. And we ask, Lord, Lord, thank you for blessing us with their presence. And thank you, Lord, that you have brought them this far. Thank you, Lord, for your protection. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit working in their hearts. And, Lord, I ask that you would uh, guide their steps. Lord, make the way for them. 
Lord, make your own way inside their hearts as well, we ask. And we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the time that we've had together. And we thank you, Lord, for your provision for them for the future. Thank you, Lord. Que vous allez bien. Que Dieu les bénisse. Lord God, we we uh, we thank you for the privilege of of coming alongside Junior, Marlene, and Liliana. Thank you for a family here who said yes. We'll we'll take some care for people for a while. Thank you for all the the people who've uh, from Mercy Hill who've driven Junior, Marlene to English, who've gotten Liliana to school. Thank you that we can learn, we can be reminded of where we belong. We are aliens and strangers here. We are exiles here on the earth. You've called us to be your ambassadors of reconciliation. And when we rub shoulders with people who've been on a journey, it reminds us that we are on a journey as well, Lord God. We lift Junior, Marlene, and Liliana up to you. And we pray that you will continue to, to take care of them as you have over the last 13 months. We love you and thank you for that they are friends and brothers and sisters in Christ and that uh, this is this is a point in our lives, but we will have eternity uh, as well. Thank you. Lord, we know that you have been near to them, Lord. We know that you have not left them. Lord, every time Marlene and Junior and I have prayed together, Lord, I know that you're there, Lord, that you're hearing them. Lord, let them not forget that promise that you will never leave nor forsake them, God. You will never leave nor forsake their family that they left behind, Lord. Um, God, let just let that be the theme of their heart, Lord, the testimony that they bring when they go to visit, Lord. Let them be a light to the Congolese people, the new friends that they're going to make, Lord. Let them be a testimony that God has not left them. Thank you, Jesus, for entrusting us with these beautiful people. Um, thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. You guys can all sit down. There's so much in our hearts, so much that can be said and could be shared. But in many ways, our tears say more than our words can. The the visitation and disruption of God is part of following Jesus. It's part of living in relationship with the Lord that he visits, he appears, he comes. And, and today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. It means we've got to stay res- responsive, receptive to the interruptions of the Lord. And hospitality is disruptive. Opening our hearts to people is disruptive. Um, I, you know, it's, it's funny because with so many in the church, 
praying to be able to have children, welcoming others through adoption and so on. Um, just just be ready. You know, the, the children are a blessing from the Lord. And I just want to speak to the disruptive, unexpected pregnancy to say it's the blessing of the Lord. It, it is. Welcome that. Um, it, if the pregnancy comes at what feels like the wrong time, it's still the goodness of the Lord in our lives as we respond to him and, and embrace that. Amen. Um, the, you know, the disruptions and responding to the Lord when he appears among us is part of what makes us who we are as a family. Because church, church here, Brazil is not a meeting we go to. This is a family we belong to. It is. And it's, it's a wonderful, beautiful, kind of crazy, semi-dysfunctional, beautiful, weird, uh, family. Uh, and, uh, and as the Lord appears and breaks in, he, he does pull us in ways that we weren't bargaining for. You know, Luke and these 15 other folks from among us being out there on this, you know, crazy weather of a day, uh, we're not doing that just because we're nice people. I, there, there's something about we are a community of heaven who are here on earth who are doing good to the city that we live in as the Lord's instructed who are more concerned for others than we are just for ourselves and, and when Jesus says love your neighbor it, that's what our faith is supposed to look like so it's something as simple as shoveling mulch in, in the park it's doing good for a bunch of people who will never know that people from Mercy Hill did it because the name that we're lifting up isn't Mercy Hill Church. But when we do things in the name of Jesus for others, two very important things happen. One is we're worshiping him. Jesus says in Matthew 25, it's not Genesis 25, it's actually Matthew. Uh, in Matthew 25, that, that when we do things for those that are considered the least of these, we've done it to him. And that includes... I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Include I was sick and you cared for me. It's when I don't have clothes and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. The things that we do for the least of these, we're doing for Jesus. And and there are intangibles that happen, even when no one else sees and knows it, that happen in, in this realm of the spirit that we don't need a billboard to do. But when we honor and we lift up Jesus through the things that we do in our relationships and in the community, he's lifted up over every false god, over every demonic power and stronghold. And beautiful things happen because his kingdom comes. And, and so some of that is what's happening as we're responsive to the Lord right here, right where we are. And, and some of it is in things that uh, pull us out of our comfort zone much more, even to go to other places. And so I mentioned a little earlier that a year ago we were praying about uh, this issue of refugees and it led to Tony going with just two other people on kind of an exploratory trip to Lebanon where they were working with some Syrian refugee families and exploring what might God bring in terms of some partnerships. And it turns out we now have half a dozen Mercy Hillers who are going together along with Tony in June as a mission team that we're sending out. And historically, we we kind of pray for our mission teams like the Sunday before they go. And guys, we, we've just got to be more aware of that. You know, you don't want that. Oh, you're going to Lebanon next week? Hey, great to hear. So um, I, I wanted to highlight a couple of those those things and ask the, that 
uh, half a dozen folks from among us also just to come up so you can see, so you know who it is. So Tim and Ryan and Tony and Jenny and, and Jenny, you don't have to be named Jenny to go on the trip, so Dirk, come too. And, you know, we, we say when it comes to our mission teams and our mission trips, when one goes, we all go. Uh, they're, they're going on our collective behalf, not just because they're freelancing as individuals. And the same is true for the 15 who are out helping in the park this week, or if some folks are going to a nursing home in a couple of Sundays, things, it's representing us as a family together. And so I, I'm really curious about a couple of things, um, be, that are worth sharing with us because going to Lebanon to work with Syrian refugees is kind of outside the cultural experience and comfort zone of most of you guys. I mean, Ryan, you've been a world traveling mission rock star, you know, and so on. And I know your dad is leaning on you uh, for that. But if if I can just disruptively put a couple of you guys on the spot, I didn't warn them about this, so be patient with them. Why would you say, why would you go on this trip? Why, why are you guys going? Catch? No. Okay. Sorry, Brad. Um, because um, I forget her name. Um, the woman from Kids Alive, Denise, when she came, I just knew I was supposed to go. Mm-hmm. What why. caught your heart? <laughs> um, the the stories of like the kids that have nowhere else to go, and they're just fleeing from all the crisis there in Syria, uh-huh. and I'm sure local kids as well too in like needy areas. And I just thought like of my own family and how. You know, how many people would be needed to help on a daily basis to help people that are coming in constantly. So, mm-hmm. you know, Phil, Phil, do you even know what you're bargaining for when, when you get up? Sorry, Phil is Jenny's wife and Phil is the guy who came up here and so passionately was saying today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Adam, that's a dangerous thing, isn't it? Hey, uh, I remember when Karen felt got invited to go on a medical mission team to Zambia, and, and my response was really simple. This was 2009. I said, no, we don't even have to pray about that. It's too far. It's too much money, and you'd be gone too long leaving me at home with the kids. Right? So it was really simple for me, and the Lord had to break in on my heart to say, you should go. We need to do this together. I wasn't going, she was going. And so Phil, when you're, when you're saying things like you said up here, I mean, you're doomed, bro. Uh, you know, because you're supporting her now in, in her going, right? Can I get an amen? amen. Right? Uh, and I love that. I love that. It's just beautiful and it's pleasing to the Lord. It really is. Tim, how about you? So I tried to, I really did try to do this under the radar, um, just because there's so much of the way that God has called me to serve others um, that is um, leadership oriented, and uh, and so going under the radar, as you can see, didn't work so good today. We're up here, but I did want to say that um, that the Lord began to to just work in in my heart. Um, not in really huge, big ways, but in, in a, a slow massaging of my heart and uh, some some meetings with Tony that actually had nothing to do with Lebanon at the time, just about the way the Lord was working in my heart for um, 
refugees, but in particular, the, the Lord's been speaking me, to me for a long time about, uh, you know, re- retirement's coming, <laughs> retirement's coming, uh, and um, what to do with that time, you know, and, and one of those has just been on my heart, has been anti-trafficking sorts of initiatives um, in whatever way I could serve in that area. Um, so this was an opportunity I hate to fly. I've flown more than I've ever wanted to, and I never like it ever. And I've never been out of the country flying, and I've never been on something that goes over the ocean, and I've never been on something that is that long. But um, but there's a step of faith here. There's really, truly a, a step of faith that God has given me um, peace about. Um, I don't know. Maybe the day we leave, it'll be very different when we take off. But there's something different. And I want to say this is that there's nothing um there's nothing admirable in in me for this choice there's nothing admirable in me for having a desire for something like this it'd be easy to sort of think well that's really what a what a great person well maybe some of you don't think that anyway but but uh phil but uh but but so not true there's it's this is all this is all a work of the Lord. So Jesus gets any credit and all credit because he's deserving of it. So there's nothing in me that is deserving of, of any sort of like, well done. Um, it all goes to the Lord's. Yeah, thanks. And, and Dirk, you're, I, I'm not going through every one of you guys. You can yeah, catch that again. But, but Dirk's an electrician by trade and it is, would be more comfortable doing a building project and the kind of face-to-face people stuff. And so, uh, Derek, how are you just working through your own comfort zone issues of the, the peopleness instead of building stuff? Yeah. So um, um, after Argentina, they had a mission trip to Argentina last year. Um, God really laid on my heart. And he, um, Phil talked again about listening to the Spirit. And it, it rang through like a bell that I was to go on a mission trip this year. And it was... No ifs, ands, or buts about it. It was just something that I had to do. And I was uh, set to go to Zimbabwe to um, help with uh, the other, the LifeLink churches and uh, build up whatever they're going to do in Zimbabwe. I wasn't for sure. And um, I was open to the spirit whether to go on this trip to Zimbabwe or Lebanon or be to Argentina again this year or whatever. So um, the closer I got to um, this decision as far as going on a mission trip, the Lord changed my, changed my whole perspective on, on what I should be doing. And the project in Zimbabwe is where my wheelhouse is at, and I would be very comfortable doing that labor-wise. This opens up another opportunity for me into a mission field that I have no idea about. And um, I haven't even met... Tony was gracious enough. I last week, as a matter of fact, one week ago, um, I had decided that I was going to change mission trips, and Tony opened it back up for me again, and um, we were able to work things out. And I haven't even met with the team yet, so I'm um, I'm new to this, and I'm totally uncomfortable, as you can tell by my my voice shaking and stuff right now. But I want to experience. Different things, and that's what the Lord has put on my heart. I just want to use, get out of my comfort zone, 
and mm-hmm. that stretches me to where I'm not used to. So, um, and the mm-hmm. past messages through the, the the past month with you and uh, Lou delivering messages really has got me into the into the scripture and searching and open to His Spirit. So, thank yeah. you. Amen. Thanks, guys. Um, go ahead and go ahead and take your seat again. The um, you know, and financially supporting these guys on this trip would be great. If the Lord stirs your heart to say, you know what, I want to see Dirk so far out of his comfort zone. I want to see, I, I, nothing would make me happier than Tim being on that airplane for 14 hours. You can give and I'll make that. Uh, if God stirs your heart about being a blessing to the Syrian refugees, the children who are there in Lebanon, that's a really good reason to give. And today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. You can touch base with Tony about the fundraising uh, or speak with me and we can work things out through the church as well. But as these guys go, let's go with them. Let's go with blessing. Uh, we're, we are expecting a team to go to Argentina in November again this year. And if you're interested in that, talk to Jocelyn and she'll have all the I'm, I'm making that up and putting her on the spot again. Um, but we're, we're expecting in, you know, the early to mid part of November. We don't have the dates nailed down yet. But if that stirs your heart, there can be a place for you in this as well. Adrian, you did great yesterday. Thank you for your responsiveness to the Spirit. When he spoke to you about speaking to us, you didn't harden your heart, and we value that. Can we have the musicians come up? We're going to share communion together now. And as we do, we're making an affirmation that above all else, Jesus is Lord for us. That... There's something about communion that declares both our need for the Lord and his utter sufficiency for us. Because in the area that we have no chance and no hope of making it right ourselves, of covering our own sin and being righteous before God, God himself made a way. And in communion, there's a declaration that nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing. Nothing. You know, Paul describes it this way in Romans 8, that if God is for us, who can be against us? Who can lay any charge against those whom God has chosen? If God has sent Jesus, his son Jesus to the cross, he died and rose again. Thank you, Phil. Died and rose again. Then who can be against us? What can stand against us? We saw last Sunday from Hebrews 12, 13, verse 6. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? So hear this. As the Lord visits, as the Lord disrupts, as following Jesus has a price and a call on our lives, have no fear. Because perfect love casts out the fear. And there's a reality that because God is with us, we have nothing to lose when we respond with his love, with his generosity, and with his grace. So I want to invite you, if you have not ever said, Lord Jesus, yes, I want to follow a God like this. A God who goes and cares for the outsider, the person who's excluded, the ones who have no hope and brings hope. That's our Jesus. You can this very morning turn from your independence and your sin and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I want to follow you all of my days. There's no day like today for doing that. Today, if you hear his voice, Don't harden your heart against the call of his spirit to follow Jesus. And for some of us, you've already responded and you said, yes, yes, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. 
but you've not ever gone ahead with water baptism, we'd like to help you with that. If you if you know that you need a public declaration and demonstration that you've identified with Jesus in your life, we'd be delighted to help you be baptized in water and to take that step publicly to align yourself clearly with Jesus and all that you do. Lord Jesus, we thank you that on the night you were betrayed, you took the bread and you gave thanks and you broke it. Lord, we repent of our our own fears of, of obeying, of following, because we see you've gone before us and for the joy that was set before you, you endured the cross, scorning its shame, and you've now sat down the right hand of the Father in majesty. And so this morning, as we take this bread, as we take this cup, Lord, we remember your death and we proclaim your resurrection until you return. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's take the bread and the cup. May I invite us to stand together and join in song. The Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Cause Jesus paid it all. All to in my own. Stay, he washed it.